As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo, welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I am your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And tonight, it was a long one, a double overtime Anti-thriller? I, I don't even know if, if I would deem this a thriller. Uh, the Lakers defeated the Detroit Pistons, the mighty Detroit Pistons, 135 to 129 in double overtime. This was just, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Um, the story of the game, I guess, is that the, you know, the Lakers should not want to see the Detroit Pistons in the NBA Finals. Thankfully for them, the Detroit Pistons are five and eighteen, so that will that's uh, not likely going to happen. Uh, but but in all seriousness, I, I will say you know th- this Detroit team uh, they're better than I think their record indicates at least based on you know the times I've seen them play. Uh, you know they, they are they're long, they're big, they're scrappy, they're feisty. Um, you know they obviously are are uh, you know kind of low on, on you know, shot making and, and shot creation and uh, they, they don't have a star uh, I think Jeremy Grant has shown a lot of improvement but he, he's not a, you know he's not a star Blake Griffin is no longer a star um, so you know there's a reason why they're five and 18 but this team is tough and and, and big and um, you know uh, like <laughs> Jeremy Grant and, and Josh Jackson combined for 60 points like it, it was just Again, one of those nights, you know, they were 16 for 42 from deep, 38%. Um, and, you know, Detroit just, I, I thought, played a really, really good game uh, for the second time against the Lakers. You know, f- from the Lakers side, I think where you really look at the, the disappointment in this game was the 22 turnovers. Many of them unforced. Many of them, the Lakers, you know, throwing a pass that they just, you know, two guys, you know, two defenders were in the passing lane or or... Um, you know, getting out transition and, and just botching, you know, three on two opportunities and stuff like that. And I will say, I think some of the, the turnovers were in an aggressive manner, which you can live with. Um, you know, I, I think if I prefer those types of turnovers where you're, you're trying to do something rather than, um, you know, just dribbling and getting the ball stolen or, or, you know, just making a ridiculous pass, like those turnovers are, are more egregious. But if you are, 
you know, pushing the ball and, and um, you know, or, 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 you know, driving and you get it stolen on a drive. Like, I think there, there's context to turnovers. Not all turnovers are created equal. Um, you know, live ball turnovers are worse, of course. Uh, so, you know, I think I think the, the 22 turnovers were what kept Detroit in this game. I mean, again, they, they hit 16 threes. So they had a major advantage at the three point line over the over the Lakers, 16 to nine uh, in threes. And then they actually got a, a lot of free throws. Both teams shot 28 free throws. Pistons made 23. Lakers made 24. Um, but, you know, it really to me, what was the turnover? And you know, the Pistons had 20 turnovers themselves. Uh, but had the Lakers had, you know, let's say 14 turnovers instead of 22, uh, I, I do think that, you know, this game ends up being a, a 20 point blowout the way it was, you know, looking like it would be midway through the third. So to, to kind of go through the Lakers side of, of the box score here, AD had 30 points, 13 to 22 shooting, uh, ended up, you know, only five rebounds, but three assists, a steal and two blocks. Played 45 minutes. That that was a, a consequence of this game going to double overtime. The Lakers had four guys play 40 or more minutes. AD, LeBron, uh, Dennis, and KCP. For AD, he, he started the game off hot. Had uh, 10 early points, 5 of 5 shooting. Actually started 6 of 6 from the floor. And it looked like it was going to be a really big AD game. Um, and in you know kind of the, the fashion of the way his season has gone, um, you know, normally it's been, you know, it, it, it's one or the other. Usually it, it's a big first half and a, and a quiet second half or a quiet first half and a big second half. Um, and, and then he ends up with his like 20 to 25, but it's not necessarily a consistent flow throughout the game. And, and that's what this one was like, where I want to say he had like 15 or, or 16. I might have had 15 in the first half. And, and then, uh, you know, it was around 20 or so. Um, going to the fourth and, and then was was just kind of in that low 20s mark into the second overtime. And, and then, you know, he, he uh, hit a three, ha- had a late dunk. Um, so I, I think the, the Lakers continue to kind of have a, a, a weird usage of AD. Like I, I think in, in this matchup against this team, he should have taken more than 22 shots. And, and some of that, of course, is just, you know, defense is doubling and, and he has to kick the ball out, swing it like, um, you know, it's not all on AD and it's not all on the Lakers offense, but I do feel like there are times they go away from running enough actions for him, especially in the second half of that game. That, that was one of those instances. Uh, LeBron had 33 points, five rebounds, 11 assists, uh, four steals, 13 and 26 shooting. So, I mean, the, the stars combined to shoot 26 of 48, uh, very efficient. Overall, the Lakers shot 51, uh, you know, shot 56%, 51 of, of 91 so, you know, when the Lakers shoot 56% against a lottery team, that should be a 20-plus point blowout. Again, I think the turnovers really were the, the big thing that held them back. Um, and even with, uh, you know, the turnovers, they still had 23 fast break points. So you can only imagine, you know, a, a few of those turnovers, you know, that fit, that fast break number hits, you know, 30-plus. Uh, they had 72 points in the paint, which is just absurd. Again, you, you get 72 points in the paint, you should win that game, which the Lakers did. But uh, this one, you know, went down to the wire uh, in in regulation, went down the, to the wire in, in the first overtime. And, and in both instances, looked like the Lakers were potentially going to lose. Um, so they pulled it off. But Dennis Schroeder had a, another good game, 22 points, eight assists. Uh, the bench guys, I, I thought Kuz had a good game, 14 points, six rebounds. Um Trez was a little quiet, but but had eight rebounds, seven points. 
Uh, and then Alex Crusoe, overtime hero with some big plays, had that and one um, off the out of bounds play. And, uh, you know, I had, had another basket in, in overtime. Uh, THT had 10 points, four assists. So, I, you know, the bench guys have continued to do well. The, the bench lineup didn't do well, actually, uh, against, um, you know, Josh Jackson just took over off the bench, you know, with 28. But so so the, the bench actually was a minus. Um, you know, all four bench guys were, were uh, in the minus and plus minus uh, in this game. But I think overall, I don't want to spend too much time. I've, I've already talked for seven and a half minutes. And unlike the Lakers, I'm going to keep this one short. I'm not going to drag this out for 58 minutes. Um, you know, I, I think big picture, like for whatever reason, Detroit has really gotten up for this matchup, played, you know, punched above their weight class. And the Lakers, I think to an extent too, did not take this matchup as serious as they should have, even coming off of, um, you know, losing in Detroit. So, uh, and Frank Vogel said he thinks they, they look tired and that that was an issue, you know, still coming off of that seven game trip, um, you know, a little bit of a hangover from that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see over the next week or so as they pile up the home games, rest a little bit you know, what they look like against, they get OKC twice, then Memphis, like that should be three straight wins. Um, you know, so I, I think though, you know, bigger picture, I, I thought it was some encouraging things where AD, his hot start, which again, we have not always seen from you know him recently. He's been very up and down offensively in terms of his field goal attempts, his scoring output. So for him to get going early, uh, you know, his first four shots were within four feet of the rim. And, you know, they went to him a couple times in the post, had him in transition. Uh, so I think the Lakers involving AD early gets a, a more involved and engaged AD throughout the game. So I think that, that was a really good recipe uh, from Frank Vogel and, and the rest of the team. Uh, I thought Dennis continues to look really good. I asked Frank about that. He, he just thinks it's, you know, him just time and, and comfort and their film sessions that, that, you know, they've identified some things with Dennis that they wanted to do differently and, and he's starting to do them. And, um, you know, he, he had a seven to nine shooting, eight of eight from the free throw line. Uh, again, 22 points, eight, eight assists. Like he, he's looking really, really good. Um, and I, I think you're now starting to really see that six man of the year, you know, caliber performance that he gave last year with OKC, and how he really elevates the Lakers, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. Uh, I think even more so, arguably. Uh, KCP has continued to struggle a little bit. Uh, I'll be writing about that um, into next week. Uh, Kuz continues to thrive in, in his role, just kind of does a little bit of everything. Um, you know, is hitting threes, getting out in transition, uh, you know, cutting, spacing, uh, moving the ball. You know, playing good defense, uh, you know, rebounding at a really, really high level, four offensive rebounds. Like Kuz is just playing so well right now. Um, AC continues to be AC. He's not going to contribute much offensively. Anything he gives you is gravy, but uh, makes big plays defensively. Had a couple steals. Um, it, you know, I, I thought had a good game. And, and THT continues to, uh, you know, show that he is a, a contributor for this team. He is a guy who should be in the nine man rotation. Um, and and he is right now. So you know, again, no West, no uh, no more Keith. So you know, it looks like even though Frank has said it's temporary and, and that he's eventually going to uh, you know go back to a, a ten or eleven man rotation, he has not played West or Markeith in four consecutive games now, and the Lakers are four zero in those games. So I, I do think that this seems like the new normal. This seems like something that is going to stay. I do think 
with the the next three matchups coming up in particular and with the Lakers having four starters who played 40 plus minutes, this could be an instance in which, uh, you know, maybe LeBron or AD rest next game or or they just reduce their minutes. Um, you know, the, the guys who played 40 plus, you know, so they'll give Dennis and KCP, hey, you're only playing 25 minutes tonight. Um, that actually might be over KCP's uh, season average. But you get what I'm saying. I think it could be a situation where some guys get their minutes reduced next game and they make way for West. They, they make way for Keefe. Um, so I would not be surprised by that by any means. Uh, but but for the time being, it does look like this nine man rotation is here to stay. And it's been effective. You know, this was the first time the bench did not outperform the opposing bench. But you could even argue that they did because because I, I think AC made some huge plays uh, in, in overtime and double overtime. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, let's get into the Q&A portion of the show. Uh, some of these questions were, uh, <laughs> were really great. I'm going to dive into them right now. Had 18 questions, so let's say about, about average. Might have been a little bit more. From Aaron Labhan at Barnes12 on Twitter, uh, LeBron is averaging huge minutes over the past 10 games, 38 plus. Wouldn't it be smart to rest him soon, even if it's against his wishes? Versus OKC twice, as an example. Uh, I, I do think that you're going to see a, a little bit of a rest from LeBron. I mean, again, as I've said multiple times throughout the season, one form of resting is just the the load managing within the game and, and limiting you know the guy's minutes. So I think with, with LeBron, the rest of you for that is... Most times, you know, he's going to come out around that like nine, eight, seven minute mark of the fourth quarter. And he's only going to come back in if the game is close. So you can, you know, if you pull him out, maybe pull him out a little bit earlier, like the 10 minute mark. Or maybe don't even put him back in in the fourth quarter, depending on the score. Like if the Lakers are up enough over OKC or over Memphis, those are opportunities to rest LeBron for the entire fourth quarter um ad as well you know again depending on the context of the game and like th- those are the, the the stretches that you really need to um you know look to, to kind of save their legs now of course you know resting lebron a, a game you know would be beneficial but you don't want to do that if he's not on board with it and i, I think you know if anyone in the league has, has earned that um type of say over whether they're going to play or not it, it's lebron um so i, I think you know it's just a s- scenario where he, you know, he's going to pick if he's playing or not. You know, he's picked. He's playing so far every game. And I, I don't see the Lakers going against that. So, you know, if he does end up resting, I think that's a situation where, you know, they get him on board with that. But I don't anticipate that being the case. This is an interesting one from Terry Lash at Terry underscore Lash. 
How would you rank the pending free agent guards in order of importance in resigning between Schroeder, Caruso, and THT? I think my order is the inverse of what I would have had at the beginning of the year. Um, so I, I don't know if you just put them in order or um, kind of what your order was then and, and what it is now. It's tough. Dennis has been up and down for me. I think the defense has, has primarily been up. The, the offense has been up and down. Um, you know, in terms of his shooting, in terms of his decision making, I've ebbed and flowed on, on how I view Dennis. The Lakers invested in, in, in Dennis just in in terms of giving up a key rotation piece in, in Danny Green and, and a you know a first round pick. I don't think they signed Dennis to let him go. Um, you know, like I I've, I think they viewed that as a long term investment. Um, you know, and, and it's always a risk when you trade for a guy because you you don't know how they're going to fit. You, you don't know um, you know what they're going to want. You know, obviously he's already said he wanted to start and he, he got the starting job and then now, you know, definitely wants a, a pay increase. So I think that's going to be something to monitor. I guess in order of importance, I might say it, it really depends on, on how you view the value of each guy, because I think this is where the, the price tag comes in. Like, would you rather have Dennis at 17 million annually or THT at 10 million annually, right? Like, or, or 8 million annually. Cause I, I don't know what type of contract THT is gonna get being a 20 year old hitting for agency, uh, but also being a second round pick, you know, who's only played two years and, and really only one year when you look at the fact that he only played in seven games last year. So, I, you know, THT is like, I don't even know how to value him. Like, you could tell me he's gonna make, you know, six to 8 million. You could tell me he's gonna make 10 to 12 million. Um, or you could tell me someone really is high on him and then throws some like $15 million offer at him. Like, I, I really don't know. He, he's all over the place. I would say Al- Alex for me is number one. Um, I just think Alex is the perfect role playing guard to put around, um, you know, AD and LeBron. And if his shooting can sustain, if, if he can maintain, you know, 38 point, you know, 38 plus percent three point shooting, um, on, you know, mainly, you know, wide open catch and shoot threes. Uh, you know, his defense, I think already, you know, alone makes him a, a top eight guy on a title team. But when you factor in his transition ability, secondary playmaking and ball handling, uh, which I think has gotten a little better. Um, I know the numbers don't necessarily reflect that, but uh, just the eye test to me, he, he seems better at some of those things. Um, and then his three point shooting, like, he, he, you know, he's basically a, a high level three and D role player right now. And, um, you know, can, can defend multiple positions. And, and we just know he, he just makes stuff happen. He makes the team better. He has great chemistry with LeBron. Uh, he's a fixture in the closing lineup. Uh, so Alex to me would actually be the most important guy. And also the guy that I, I think, you know, d- depending on what type of, like, I, I expect him to get somewhere in the 10 to 12 million range. And I think he, he's definitely worth that. And, you know, that, that might be in, in, you know, an underpay to, to be quite frank. So, um, I would put Alex one going between Dennis and THT is very, very difficult because, you know, of course, okay, Den- Dennis is a better player. Like, let, let's not get it twisted. Let, let's not confuse things like THT has very high potential. But as of right now, Dennis is the better player. And you also have to factor in like, you know, as great as LeBron is and as great as he's been, you know, up to this point. He still is 36 years old in year 18. So realistically, I don't know what type of window the Lakers have with LeBron and AD. You got to think it's something like a two to three year window from this point. So in that case, you know, looking out two years from now, who do you think is going to be better, Dennis or or Talon? Like 
I guess it could be close, but I really don't know how, how you evaluate that. Um, so I, I guess it really comes down to like, I, I might go Alex, Talon, Dennis. Um, you know, I, I do think Dennis, once he starts getting into that 15 to 20 million range annually, it, it might be a little high for me, uh, especially just because I think there's a ceiling to his role on this team. And, um, you know, clearly being the third guy offensively, but not even necessarily being the third most valuable guy, because you can make a case, you know, Alex is more valuable or um, depending on the matchup, you know, uh, uh, Kyle. So I, I guess factoring in production and, and value and, and contract, like I'd probably go Alex, Talon, Dennis. But I, I think to me, it's it's Alex number one. And, and then you're kind of splitting hairs between Dennis and Talon. So I really like that question. I'm going to be writing more about this whole dynamic um, in the next couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have more on that, but um, I think it's, it, it's really tough. It's a really, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I think you could tell me any order, like you could tell me Talon because he has the most potential, the most two-way potential of any of the three. You could tell me Dennis and, and tell me that, hey, Dennis is going to be better than, he's better than Alex. He, he's better than Talon. And neither one is ever going to be as good as him. Like I, I would buy that argument too. So I really think you could have those three in any order, depending on, what you're prioritizing and, and what your value system is. And I, I would buy it. So uh, I, I don't know if there's a correct answer. Um, I think the Lakers are going to try to keep all three, but uh, it, it is going to be tough because you could be looking at, you know, three guys making eight plus million uh, and adding that into already having uh, LeBron, AD, Kuz, you know, locked up, already having Trez potentially locked up if he opts in next year. Like, that, that payroll is going to get, uh, you know, pretty expensive. So Lakers can afford it, but it is going to, uh, you know, put them deep into the luxury tax. So that'll be something to monitor. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's see. We'll do two more questions. What makes the Lakers oh so stagnant in the end of close games? This is from Kobe Gariani at Kobe 9382937. It's a good question. I think the Lakers almost suffer from, you know, I think one is the pace at the end of games has slowed down. And, you know, I think this team, especially towards the end of games, I feel like there's kind of been a little bit of a pecking order issue where, you know, sometimes guys aren't, I don't know. I, I feel like, the, like like they're still kind of figuring out, like, should we take this shot? Should we give it back to LeBron? Like there's been some of those, some of that, you know, and, and that's just my opinion with the eye test. I think some of it is, you know, with AD and LeBron becoming better shooters, those guys are more confident in their jump shots. But, you know, after, especially in a game like tonight where they're playing into the mid forties, minutes wise, it's kind of like their legs just weren't there. And, and, you know, I felt like their jumpers were falling flat and, and you know, just didn't look that good. So, and I, I think that's overall kind of an issue with, with the Lakers team in that their three-point shooting has regressed and they're not generating that many three-point looks. I mean, if you look at it, uh, you know, they only took 19, they took 19 threes tonight in a game that went to double overtime, a game of 58 minutes. They only took 19 threes, which, which is, um, you know, uh, just a ridiculously low number. 
So I, I do feel like the lack of shooting has both kind of cramped the floor recently and, and also just, you know, kind of led into some tough shots. Like they, uh, but I, I think it's something they're gonna have to figure out, right? Because they, they obviously cannot, like had they played a better team tonight, you know, with some of the same issues turnover wise and, and just, um, you know, inability to protect the rim and stuff like they would have lost, right? Like the, the Pistons were, you know, are one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. And, and, you know, ultimately I think that that was, you know, one of the key differences in, in why the Lakers won this game. But, um, you know, I, I think they, they can fall in love with the jump shot a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, it can devolve into a little bit of ISO and um, your turn, my turn. And I, I think that, you know, some of the stuff can be a little predictable, um, but, you know, they do have the level of shot making with LeBron, with AD, even with Dennis, um, you know, and, and then having, let's say, KCP and Alex out there, like th- those guys can space the floor. But um, I do think it, it it's just it's a reps thing. And, and you know, I, I think they need more time together, but um, it is a little concerning. I, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, and, and it's certainly something to watch. Uh, because you've now had, you know, this game, you had the Detroit game, you had the the Boston game. Like you, you've had some really concerning fourth quarter performances recently. Um, so that is something the team is going to have to iron out for sure. And I'll, I'll go with the, the last one here from Dominic um, at Dom X Villanueva. Would you agree that this is the worst win so far after arguably the best win against the Nuggets? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of, uh, I'm about to pull up the Lakers schedule here and quickly go over their wins. I, I can't think of a worse win. You had some of those ugly games in San Antonio and Memphis, uh, the Chicago game. Boston was a good win because they beat Boston, but that, that was a pretty ugly. Yeah. I mean, I would say that this was the the worst win of the season. I, I guess if, if you want to look at it from that perspective, like the most discouraging win, right? Like, I, you know, I can't think of another one that, that's on this level. You know, I mean, looking at a lot of these wins, a lot of these wins were, were by double digits. Like the Lakers have some pretty emphatic wins this season. Um, but in terms of like a close game that was embarrassing that it was this close and played out this way. I would say, yeah, this, this is probably the worst win of the season. But at the end of the day, the Lakers won. They're 18 and six. They're now six and four at home. They're starting to pad that home record. I, I think they should win the next three games, which would bring them to nine and four at home and, and also, uh, you know, 21 and six in the standings. And kind of looking at how the standings are playing out, um, I, I do think that, you know, that should be good enough to either tie them for first or put them in first outright, depending on. What happens with Utah schedule? So um, I think again, you know, the, the Pistons for whatever reason are the Lakers' kryptonite. Um, you know, they, they somehow turn into the the 04 Pistons uh, against the Lakers and and just play great defense. Like watching Mason Plumlee like lock down AD and LeBron, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. But uh, look, the Lakers got the win. That's all that matters. And there are some things to learn from this. There are there are some things to improve on. Uh, but I, I think. Um, you know, they're still figuring out different ways to win. And I think having a double overtime game, even against this caliber of opponent, makes you better. It, it, I think it, it's an experience that you need as a team. So uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic, wherever you're listening to it currently. If you have not subscribed to The Athletic yet, you should do that. Uh, you could also, you know, you could do it off of one of my articles. 
uh, helps me out, helps the company out. And uh, I will be back after Monday's game, uh, after the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We, we'll, uh, I should be looking for uh, 80s uh, commercial, Michelob Ultra. He, uh, he was plugging that post-game, uh, his first Super Bowl commercial. So I, I guess that's something to look forward to uh, for, for Laker fans during the game. But um, I'll be back on Monday. And uh, we'll, we'll see if the Lakers have another, <laughs> another, I can't even talk now. It's been it's, uh, 1.30 in the morning. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the Lakers have another double overtime uh, game against a lottery team in uh, in OKC. Uh, but appreciate you guys listening. And as always, reach out to me on social if you have any questions. Appreciate it. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.